Ali Alof. Welcome to Uva Ball Raw USA. I'm Gary Otto. Uva Ball is here. Let's hear what he has to say about his directorial comeback. Uh, apparently, you're in the middle of shooting First Shift. Yes, I'm in Brooklyn, New York, Pittsburgh. Uh, is the quality okay? Can you hear me? I'm with my laptop in my hotel room, basically. It sounds perfect. Okay, so we have behind us, and uh, it's uh, a great experience. Uh, all the actors, Gino Pizzi, uh, all the other actors uh, we had so far, um, doing a great job. They're very proud. And uh, a big scene, the first day was the big scene in the police main headquarters. And then we followed this two cops, basically kind of a road movie for the day, for 12 hours, all the way through New York. We're shooting Manhattan State now. It's Brooklyn uh, and not in New Jersey, but... Uh, it's not that we have something against New Jersey, but we did that we, we have no locations there. And uh everything works out, out good. You cannot make New York somewhere else. You know, all that cities who try even Vancouver, Toronto, it's just a cheap copy of it because it's just so much bigger everything here, right? And uh, uh Downtown, yeah, I like, think they shot that Scream 6 movie that just came out that's supposed to take place in New York. They shot that in Vancouver. <laughs> and it looks yeah, like Vancouver. You know, that is the thing. You're in Vancouver, the downtown area with some skyscrapers is really only one mile long. You know, that is it. And uh, uh, here, uh, I mean, you are here from New York. You lived in New York. I mean, it's just like Manhattan alone is like more as 10 miles. Yeah, I grew up on 57th Street between 8th and 9th Avenue. Yeah, you know, and uh, we were lucky with us. We had very sunny weather now today and yesterday where we had the days off. It's uh, very rainy. So we hope tomorrow that we can match the weather. But in my experience also uh, in the movies, it's like the audience doesn't really care so much if the weather change. Uh, you know, in New York in March, you can have a sunny morning and it's raining in the afternoon. So yeah. uh, I don't think the continuity for the scenes is, is a big deal. The good thing in New York is also like, nobody really cares what you're doing. You know, nobody, when, when there's a film set or people shooting, nobody looks in the camera. They just keep walking and they give a shit. And <laughs> the, that really helps, right? So we shot in the subway and everywhere in front of the courthouse in Manhattan, everything. And that for all of this, the general uh, shooting permit is completely okay. Uh, as long as you don't stop traffic. Yes. You know, of course, you cannot have like action scenes with gunshots in and uh, just like winging it on the side street. That is not allowed. And you, if you don't stop traffic and you just normally drive through traffic, but you film a car driving, that is all easy going here. And that is what I also liked when I shot here, uh, uh, South of Wall Street, the New York scenes at Wall Street and uh, with Dominic Purcell and Edward Forlong. And um, we shot also in Alone in the Dark 2, what I only produced. There were some scenes in the Central Park we shot too, both times with Ari Taub, Hit and Run Productions here in Brooklyn. I cooperate with him here again. And the Rolling Studios, Anthony Argento, they're helping a lot. They have film studios. We're not shooting anything in the studio. We're shooting everything in original locations. 
and I think it's good because so I mean, there's Brooklyn, no green screen, nothing like that. No, nothing. Everything is real and and uh, down and dirty. And I mean, to be honest, Brooklyn got really dirty. It's like there is garbage everywhere. In a way, the city is falling apart. I have to say, you know, yeah. it's just crazy. The traffic is crazy. And uh, you have like the police sirens are everywhere. Police is everywhere, um, but it's so is unemployment and crime and stuff. After COVID, I think a lot of people never got a job back. Restaurants closed, and now everything is booming. Like the restaurants who are open are completely packed every night. But of course, you you pass also a lot of buildings with closed or for lease. But you had that in Vancouver, you have that in Germany, you have it around the globe. And uh, so, but a lot of people didn't come back to Manhattan. I think they just do home office somewhere else and uh, never entered downtown again. Even before COVID, um, a lot of places, a lot of eateries were closing. Like uh, Restaurant Row is right in Hell's Kitchen. And a lot of the great restaurants that I used to go to closed because down the street is... They open a Red Lobster, they open an Olive Garden, and everybody goes there instead, which is total BS. But uh, yeah, even before COVID, a lot of uh, corporate entities were entering the city and and robbing uh, mom and pop of their jobs. So, Yeah, because they have the deeper pockets, right? They can survive the struggle of what every restaurant has in the beginning. Yeah. You know, even if you open a new McDonald's, it's not packed day one on. It's like uh, you need to build your audience or the audience need to know your location. But, but the, the co- big corporations, they can just afford it way longer to keep things going. As yeah, the, the rent must have been fucking crazy during COVID. Yeah, and Brooklyn is so expensive, right? They say now Brooklyn is actually more expensive to rent an apartment as Manhattan. Oh, really? Yeah, what is strange because I mean you have very nice areas in Brooklyn. Water, stuff like this, but I'm here on South Fifth Street in Williamsburg, and it's not. uh, I mean, when you get out, it's not. uh, Let's say it's this way, and uh, but it's a not like spending too much money here on all the hotels. All the actors play a game that it's like uh, a kind of favorite nation film. And we got great cast together. Uh, you know, Daniel Soli from The Jews. We have Gary Pastora, who is in uh, Tales of the Bronx Tale, The Goodfellas, The Irishman, uh, The Jews. So we have very good cast for all the little parts. And that was exactly the reason I wanted to shoot in Brooklyn. Or in New York in general, not because only like it plays in New York, of course, that was important, but also here you have a, a huge talent pool and you get a part, uh, even very small parts, like two line parts or whatever, you get actors doing it. Yeah. Well, be different. You know, we had to remember how many times we talked about that problem I have with the South African film that the people don't want to fly there or whatever, you know. And it's like, uh, here you have we have around 25 speaking parts in the film, uh, and every part has a good actor doing it, and that will help 
just making it realistic. We we passed studios, they shot like uh, Blue Bloods, you know, and then Law and Order. But all that shows, when you see them, you see they're shooting a lot in the studio. Everything is clean, you know, and they don't really shoot uh, on the road so much. They don't really shoot in original locations because for them, it's always a big undertaking. Then they need the trailer circus parked somewhere. And we do a lot of this kind of hit and run productions, you know, where, where we actually, we shoot and move on and have only a small unit there, but we're shooting everything in cinema scope. We're doing a real theatrical film with big Alexa cameras. Uh, amazing uh, camera people from uh, like Matthias, my DP is there and, and uh, a whole crew from Germany. And then uh, we have um, some of the crew comes from Pittsburgh because uh, it's also, uh, let's say they are more affordable, you know, and, but they're doing a great job. Like the, the whole crew works very well together. Um, so I'm very happy. But of course, you have situations like we shot like in, in Long Island, you know, where yeah. where you have like you're stuck in traffic and everything is half an hour delayed. Oh, God. You know, but you cannot change it. You know, we shot it in an amazing like an animal shelter. One part in our film is like that dog what gets picked up. And then bring it over there and then they cannot do it. So they keep the dog. But the animal shelter not only a great location but also the guy who runs us runs it has only dogs there they would get euthanized and oh. he he takes them out of the other shelters and he takes them so they don't get killed right and of course i'm very happy that we put uh, a few thousand bucks in the pocket of this guy in renting the place for half a day you yeah. know so it's like this kind of like you feel better if the money goes for a rent or paying people, but also people or, or this, they deserve it. And I'm happy that we could help him. And of course, Kristen or whatever, she has like three, four dogs uh, like me. My dogs in Germany missing me heavily. <laughs> I get almost the WhatsApp videos from Natalie. And, so, <laughs> and, and yeah, of course, they're like thinking, where is Uwe? Like, what is happening? You know? And uh, yeah, so that is the thing where we were very happy to, to in a way, support that that shelter a little. And of course, I wanted to take dogs home, but I have two now. It's enough. So uh, you cannot ruin your whole life. Then you can never travel anywhere again. Yeah, and, I saw a picture uh, of the little dog, the little yappy dog. Pretty yeah. cute. No, I know, but and but the problem is when Natalie brought him from Canada, right? He was yapping on her lap basically for the whole flight, and all the other people in the airplane wanted to kill her for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and then you think also, do I really want to bring him back for a holiday flight to Vancouver, back to Vancouver? Would would I really do this with the dog again or is it not better to leave the dog than in germany with a dog sitter yeah. you know and the same with my other dog bessie who is a, a bull master boxer mix where lufthansa and air canada and united where they don't transport these dogs anymore and so then you have to fly them with pet air i said we discussed that before it's like 1800 bucks per flight per dog it's oh. horrible but, wow. but that is the thing so now you have that you know like let's say we wouldn't have 
dogs, maybe Natalie and Walter could come here for a week. Yeah. You know, but with the dogs, I mean, he has to go to school now also, but with the dog, it's just impossible. And and that is why people, and that is why dogs ending up in, in uh, this dog shelters too, is the people are not aware it's a commitment for 13, 14, 15 years if you get a dog. It's yeah. changing your life, you know. And we have Gino, Gino Pizzi, he has his dog, Tango, with us here because we have, the, if Tango just plays the dog in the film. And uh, it's perfect because he, of course, listens to Gino, you know. So and we felt like if he has the dog, why having a, film dog it's 10 10 times better if he has his own dog because he actually listens to it you know? yeah it's a good idea huh yeah and it works well yeah i can't wait to see it i can't wait to see yeah. this movie how many more days shooting do you have left no we have uh um 10 more days okay. and uh so it's uh yeah tomorrow we're shooting on a sunday Island in the in the hospital, what was easier to rent uh, on the weekend? You know, we need that emergency thing where the where the EMT is coming in and emergency loading dock, and then inside the emergency uh, part, and we need a, a room where our old uh, Willie actor Willie C Carpenter, he's also like in hundreds and hundreds of films, um, where he gets into the emergency room, and then he tells the cop. Uh, that he uh, has to go and get his dog because when he got the, the stroke at the supermarket, they transported him away, but his dog is tied up in front of the supermarket. Oh, shit. It's a thing you can relay on too, right? So yeah. you, you know, like, oh, fuck, I don't want that that happens to me, you know? And, uh, you know, and the actor, so look, he was in... Brawl in Cell Block 99, Hard Target, The Best Man. Uh, oh, wow. Hard Target. Yeah. That's a good one. Yes. You know, uh, uh, Criticize, The Underground. Uh, where I give you more? Uh, White Man Burden, The Right, Humor Me, Collateral Beauty with Will Smith, Men in Black, The Insider, Grand Canyon, uh, he was in family business, Jonestown. Um, wow, he was in a Sean Connery film. That's cool. Yes, he was in Monster with, uh, you know, uh, Amityville Horror. Uh, it's crazy. So, and you have all different like genres too. Yeah, all the genres, all the stuff. And I mean, it's great that uh, you have people like this. A still working, but we exactly what I needed for my film, right? An older guy with a dog who, uh, um, you know, and, and that, that is the thing. You get so many people here where, uh, uh, where you feel like you have kind of film history also. And it's fun for me, right? So I was sitting there. I did the Bauer's restaurant. I did the little German film. And uh, Hanau, you know, and uh, and now I'm back making real films, and yeah. that should not the only one coming up. 
you know, where you have the thing like that is now the beginning of uh, a second, uh, in a way, a second career. I did like over 20 years, like films and films and films, did 35 films. And I think important is to have uh, this now as the start of hopefully more. And I think we're making a great film, a great looking film, and the film also then uh, hopefully gets a good deal. I think it's a very good film for America too. Uh, people will love it uh, because they will feel it's authentic. And we should like be able to maybe continue. That film could be also the um, the beginning of a TV show of First Shift. You can make that a whole TV show. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when you have the Gary Pastore, for example, here the Blacklist, Mob Town Power, uh, the Irishman, the Jews, uh, Tales of the Bronx, Goodfellas. Like, I mean, a lot of mobs. Yes, Daredevil. Uh, you know, he did, he played Wolf of Wall Street. He, so he played a lot, a lot of the, in the, all the Scorsese films. I think it was intense Scorsese films. And uh, his son is on Broadway now, and his son plays also in my film. And, you know, like, but people like this, of course, it's, uh, it's great to have them because, you know, they also deliver the performance, the performance you need. So, yes. Yeah, they're very, taking it seriously. They, it sounds like you've got a really good cast. Yeah. You know, it's this kind of ensemble cast, but good. And uh, uh, where uh, the audience, and we discussed that too, like, you know, in the streamers, like, there are no superstars in a way anymore. You know, it's like everybody's doing TV too. Everybody's doing streaming movies too. Maybe not Tom Cruise, but everybody else. And yeah. and so if you have just good cast with people you saw in our film, there is definitely, there are 10 actors you are familiar with. Like you know them from other shows. As soon as you see them, you say, I saw that person before. And I think that is a, is a good value for a film. What is very hard to achieve if you shoot in Europe or Africa or something. Yes. Plus, yeah. you know, as somebody who grew up in New York, myself, uh, we take great pride in movies that are actually legitimately filmed in New York. Like if you go on one of those uh, horse carriage rides, they'll yeah. talk, to, talk about when they shot Ghostbusters in downtown and, you know, uh, I, mean, I mean, the original Ghostbusters, the remake, I think they shot it in Chicago for some reason and pretended it was New York. But, but the, the original was almost shot like close to the Central Park, right? Yeah, so... it was shot all over New York. It was shot uh, in uh, mostly Midtown. But yeah, they shot it uh, in the legitimate New York locations. And that's becoming rarer and rarer. I think it's because it's so much money to to get the the permits to shoot um but your film doing that is uh it's a refreshing thing because like you yeah. said earlier I, we're all sick of seeing vancouver and you know as new york yes. so that's bullshit. and and then uh uh we had um, we went in the the day off we went to uh, central park matthias and me and found the bridge from kevin home alone pigeon woman <laughs> <laughs> And uh, uh, yeah, and then and then you 
was in Southern Wall Street now, and he's now yes. dead, right? The father from home. So, uh, so everything is like this kind of interconnected. And but you know what is also crazy? So Matthias went up with his son to the Empire State Building, uh, went all the way up. You, you you know how expensive that is now? What do you think they charge you to get up? When I was a kid, it was like pay what you uh, think it's worth. Like I used to give them a penny. Shows <laughs> you no, how no, I was, old I am. <laughs> I was there like nine years ago, whatever, for Southern Wall Street, and okay. I think it was ten bucks or fifteen bucks. So okay. they paid they paid eighty five bucks a person. Wait, what? Yes. No. No. And I mean, I would never do this. I mean, if they would tell what me the eighty-five fuck? to fuck get it. up on the observatory, it's eighty-five dollars. Eighty-five bucks. Oh. And I, but that shows. I think that shows everything what is going wrong on the planet Earth, because that is like that is. You cannot even say it's greed. It's insanity. Dude, I used to pay a penny to go up there. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you go up with an elevator. And you have a nice look, and you go down. That was it. There is no right. There is yeah. no film. There are no costs for them besides going up and down with the elevator. That you know, there is no tour. No guy who talks. It's absolutely insane, and it's rip off. Uh, it's wrong, right? And we have now the big. I see here also. Breakfast thing. You have like. A chicken and egg, like whatever, a chicken egg sandwich or bacon and egg, a cappuccino, and it's like twenty five dollars, and oh, it's yeah. ridiculous. The pricing here, I have to say, is absolutely ridiculous. Like, start a grande cappuccino. I do always a trip, but I do a grande cappuccino at Starbucks. Yeah. Dude, I went to the supermarket and I bought a box of cereal in Manhattan and it was $8 for a box of cereal. <laughs> yeah, no, it's ridiculous. It's That is really where uh, it gets an unaffordable cities. The rent is unaffordable. I mean, every shithole here costs like 2500 bucks rent a month. And yeah. I think that is like, you know, you have to the atmosphere and it's great for the film. See, so you hear the police sirens outside. Uh, <laughs> the next shooting and uh, uh, but at the same time uh, you know you love it and you hate it but it's definitely not a town I would want to live in because oh, it's yeah. just like so expensive for what you get for it you know like a, yeah. a, a, a an apartment without balcony without garden you go out and you, you, you you're basically in a bunch of garbage bags what nobody picked up for a week so yeah, uh, that is a problem, you know. But uh, the people are, are good, and I always said like I like the New Yorkers way more as the people in LA in a way because they are more like straight in your face, and you you can have a dispute, but after it's it's good, you know. You don't have to sugarcoat things here, and that is what I always liked in New York. Yeah, that, uh, they're not scared to say. And they're not like totally pissed off if you say no, you know, so you get things done. And uh, that is also why I have so good long relationship with Ari, because he's just a typical Brooklyn hustler. He's also like he rents out the police uniforms. He has the badges, he had all this stuff. 
what is the side business he's doing and it's good you know so uh and uh, he knows every corner in, in in here and he lived all his life here his father is 93 and I had we had yesterday dinner together uh we had it on the southern wall street too and yesterday we went to chinatown and got picking duck oh and yum i love that you know and then his father is 93 and he ate like me <laughs> you think like he's so old and a little fragile and you think he maybe doesn't have so much appetite anymore he ate half of the duck so it was like uh and i'm happy that that he's doing it he's a he makes he was a plastic surgeon but he, he he's doing sculptures and ari's mother was a painter and everything so they're very art family super talented super intelligent and uh that's good that's then good. i remember then i re remember my family and we were not so uh <laughs> but uh so he's uh has this father too like ari and i hope he has and has a few years in front of him uh but it was great to see him again after like eight years uh eight years ago we went to peter lugo to the steakhouse the okay. germans was one of north america right steak for two steak for three steak for and when you say hey but what steak uh they give a shit because the big one they give you like the t-bone porterhouse no matter and oh, but wow. yeah but i love it there but you you always with the group because they just don't feed one person they don't have like you cannot say give me one tenderloin or something they just don't have it they do only the big pieces so you need to be at least two three four people and uh up the hill but i but i went with the actors there and we had uh, to where i met the actors the the first time Gino and Kristen and uh, uh, they laughed the two. I mean, uh, it's not for vegetarians, but you said you're not a vegetarian anymore, so no, not anymore. Yeah, I mean, for a time it was maybe okay, and uh, it's also that we don't have to eat everyday meat, but yeah, I it's think not like I'm inhaling protein. bacon or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it's also you can, you know, if you go bio, if you go. Uh, uh, natural, uh, you know, that you make sure the animals were on the grass outside and not like caged animals, just fed and butchered. I yeah. think that matters too, you know. So uh, I try to always eat organic meat at least, you know, so and not farm. Oh, yeah. Food. And the eggs too. I try to get the, the eggs that right. are like, you know, cage free, whatever free, whatever range. That always costs so much more, you know, but it's worth it, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's also with the, uh, I think uh, there are two tiers to, to, first is if you like animals, it's better if they're free range outside, right? And the yeah. second is the chemical, the chemical shit. It's like what, what the, the second thing people should check is what they got fed with. Yeah, no it, GMO. Yes, grow hormones and stuff like this. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yesterday in Germany, a guy ran Amok, uh, a Jehovah's Witness guy. Really? Yes, he went in Hamburg in a Jehovah's Witness church and shot seven people and then himself. Was well, he was a he was a Jehovah's Witness too? Yes, and when the when the SWAT team basically kicked the door in, he saw them coming and then he shot himself. 
Wow. Do they have any idea why he did it? No, they're still looking for the, his stuff to find like a letter or pamphlet similar to my guy on Hanau, Tobias Ratken, who released a, a statement on YouTube even before. Uh, so, but so far they didn't find anything on him. Wow. And, uh, Nowhere is safe. Nowhere is safe, man. No, but it's always mostly connected to to mental illness, uh, uh, like connected to uh, religion. Yeah, you know, if it's Islamistic or Christian fanatics and whatsoever, and uh, um, right wing nuts. So it's always connected to this. It's uh, it's crazy, and it doesn't get better. But I had a whole discussion with the actors about guns and everything, and uh, it's all about like uh, evaluating. And I think the U.S. is so due. I mean, even if this happened now in Germany, but in, in Germany we have a shooting like this every year. One, yeah. You know, and that is in the U.S. You have a shooting this is like fifty or eighty a year, and it's all about getting a proper gun license law, where you just have to, before somebody can buy guns, get a license, get a background check, and also that somebody like evaluates you in regards of can you shoot, can you handle a gun? Yeah. And even then, there's no guarantee that someone's not going to find the gun and then use it. You know, like people. No, but people you will also obtain an illegal gun, right? Yeah. It's not. It's not like the 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 guy in Norway who killed like sixty people, uh, 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 Breivik. Uh, all his guns were illegal obtained. Okay. Yeah. So it's like if somebody wants to do a crime, he can get a gun. It's not like, but but it's in general why, especially that school shootings or when when uh, that nineteen years old people going around in a rampage, I think it's very very important to yeah. uh, to to evaluate them and say, look, for example, they could do the entry level to twenty one years and not eighteen years. That would be an easy fix. You know. Yeah. No, that sounds reasonable. It would help already. Yeah. If they can do it for liquor, they can do it for guns. Yes. So and then we have like, I mean, in Ukraine, everything is going. I'm actually happy that I'm here. As soon as you're in North America, it's less in the media. It's less talk about Ukraine in Europe. Oh, really? Yeah. In Europe, oh. it's still number one subject matter. And now it's like today came out that so the Saudis and Iran and China did a deal today. Huh. You know? Think about Saudi Arabia. We we kiss their ass. We do all the deals with them, and Iran is the enemy because they're trying to build a nuclear bomb to throw it on Israel. And now they made a deal. But I tell you, we will still stay best friends with Saudi Arabia. Oh yeah, because of the oil, of course. Of course, and no matter what they do, we will justify it. And then we don't have a moral compass because well, if they if they already hacked up that dude in their embassy. I don't yeah. even I don't understand how they thought got away with that. That's it's crazy. Right. <laughs> no, but it's just the money. Money you know, talks. Khashoggi got never revenge. Got not, never anything. He's just dead, hacked into pieces in little ziplocs. 
and that is how the world is going it's it's like there is no justice you can buy justice it's like just so expensive right if you're really really rich like the saudis they go over it yeah. and moving on basically right Khashoggi deleted this prince salman still the prince and so but it's very shocking for a lot of people that they're doing a deal now with iran and now russia will join that trade too it's uh the West is uh, getting outperformed slowly but steady yeah. you know, from the Chinese and so on. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, we have to, we have to be very careful. We shouldn't put gasoline in the fire, but we also need to see what are our real interests and what pull we still have, you know, Europe and North America still have, 70% of the wealth on earth, right? So we still have the money and the okay. wealth, right? But okay. they are there to take it away, to shift it. And so the question is, uh, and I don't see military force in any way, makes any sense, makes no sense, but we have to be clever how we handle, uh, uh, like, I think, for example, it would be the right step to not to disallow TikTok. Huh. You know, it's a Chinese, the Chinese spy thing. They suck all the information out of everybody, but more they brainwash everybody. Yeah, okay. You know, 100 million Americans are on TikTok. And what, what is happening? Like, look at the young generation. They're completely addicted to it. Yeah. They, you know, next, 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 next. And so they feed them to 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 make them like stupid basically you know to bring them away from uh, real education and whatever and slowly but steady the west will decline because if, if you if, if you as a kid today grow up just on TikTok, you will be not like another oppenheimer <laughs> or you know, <laughs> Another Bill Gates is not coming out of that generation yeah. where you need still the West had always the advantage of technology, always of like invention and patents and everything. And I think it's kind of a cyber war what's going on because it makes the people more and more stupid uh, step by step. And then they have all the assets. They have all the uh, look if the Saudis are uh, like joining the Russians and joining like Brazil and Iran and China, whatever, they have all the cheap labor. They have all the oil and stuff like this. Yeah. You know, so they, they're getting more in the driving force. And so I don't know, look, I don't have a solution for it, but definitely we have to be aware that we're getting slowly sucked out. And, you know, it's like mass attack. <laughs> basically and in the end we have nothing left we have only then the unions left but no work yeah yeah so i mean no yeah but i'm happy to be here and happy to do the film and i'm also happy that uh like to be just create miss it so much just work with actors on set and yeah it's very early calls Tonight is even one hour less sleep, 
because summertime is coming. No, but it's worth it, and it's a lot of fun, and I think it's we we're doing a good film. What we uh, what the whole world should see then in the end. I mean, that was the whole point to do this here, and I think it was the right call to not shoot in South Africa in the end with mediocre cast and to just do something here in New York with with uh, with good cast, with great cast. Well, hopefully this is the first of many to come. Yes. Yeah, so now I have to move on. And uh, yeah, I th- we will definitely do one more uh, show, show okay. from New York before I then fly back to Germany. The post-production we do in uh, Los Angeles. Excellent. Yeah. All right, guys. It's been a wonderful episode of Uva Ball Raw USA. Please follow us on Twitter. I am Gary Otto Zero. Uva is Uva Ball Seven. That's U W E B O L L Seven. On Twitter. So uh, we will see you next time. Uh, take care, guys. Bye. Have a great one. Bye bye.